Hello everyone and welcome to Geekscape, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach and for this very special, weird, short, maybe, I don't know, episode, uh, <laughs> I've got the Dwarven DM uh, himself, John Christian, how you doing? Hey, Kinder Power! Yay! Oh gosh, it's um, Yeah, so we were going to do this pre-another pre show, like a pre-show or like an intro or whatnot. I'm like, uh, I, this may end up being a little bit longer than what we typically do for like the, the preamble to an episode. This may just need to be its own episode. This needs to be, it needs to be uh, recorded for posterity. It needs to be passed on from generation to generation. This is important. We're about, to, we're about to talk something about something really important. Yeah, you know what? I... I, I I thought it's funny that you said that because I, I was just thinking about like, how cool would it be to do a series of episodes? Maybe this is the first of a series. Who knows? Like, um, Penny Arcade does uh, a series on their podcast platform called Why You Like This. Oh, yeah. And it's where they like sit down with a person and interview them about something that that person adores. <gasps> I love that. Right. And so oh. you this there'd be a Dragonlance episode where all we do is we talk about Talk to John about why he likes Dragonlance, right? Oh my God, oh, that, um, that, that's like a six-hour long. Nobody yeah. wants to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, oh, that's really cool because you get <laughs> you know just a passionate show, right? Um, yeah, it, I love show that. with that's a, a really energy, great. So. I, I'm that's I'm more, most fascinated by that just because sometimes I wonder why people love it so something so much that I don't understand it, but after I hear their impassioned like evangelism yeah. of the thing, then it just, it makes me really excited. I'm like, man, I missed all of that. I suck as a reader, watcher, listener, whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I maybe that. we'll have to, maybe there, maybe there's a show in there, but, but today oh, um, we're getting on this call. We're talking because I am neck deep in Dragonlance oh. for the first time in 20 years. And basically a, a brand new take and i'm 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 wrapping up dragons of autumn twilight and i have thoughts and john had already said i want to know thoughts as soon as you have them oh, right yes. so it's like yeah, okay yeah. well let's 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 talk about these thoughts um let's, let's air our let's air our laundry um in front of the world <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna make any bones about it here i'm i'm puckering up and ready for a negative some for negative feedback <laughs> negative feedback well, I could, like if i love when because here's the thing i think that a lot of people that love something so much they're always worried that it's not that other people aren't going to love it as much as they do mm-hmm. you know i don't think mm-hmm. i need anybody to love it as much as me but when people don't like it i'm like i don't there's like it's i take it not personally personally it's too strong but there is a part of it that's like damn man what's wrong with me <laughs> well a lot of things but that's true it's hopefully true. not not because of dragon lights um so I'm going to turn it over to you uh, because I think I would just probably ramble, but I'm going to turn it over to you and say like, what do you, what, what, what do you imagine or what questions do you have or what, what are you curious to know? So, yeah, some of the things that I'm always curious about is like you can, first of all, I feel like that book and that series was initially aimed at a particular age bracket, right? For probably for younger readers, not like 13 or maybe around 13, between 13 and 25. And so I think as we get older, you know, sometimes our tastes tend to become more sophisticated and our palates, you know, for reading and ingesting media kind of changes over time to where things that are really simplistic or whatever, you know, they just don't say, they don't hit us the same way. And so I know that for my, like whenever I was in school, my English teacher saw me reading these books and he would, he didn't make fun of me necessarily, but he always referred uh-huh. to the, Saturday morning books. Oh, like they were the cartoons of books. Mm. They were like, it was like just elevated only slightly above comic books in his eyes, derisively, mm-hmm. you know? So I am, I'm always, what I'm curious about is, is that right? It's like, does it hold up from the way that things are written now that, that grab us versus the way that yeah. things were written then. And then uh, some other things in particular, like, did you like it? Is, is was it do you remember liking it more maybe because i think you you'd mentioned that you had read it at one other time yeah right? yeah i i don't remember much from that like like it didn't hook me before i read it in as i was like pulling every fantasy book off the library shelf and reading right like so right. i didn't know that dragonlance was important 
I just said, oh, fantasy book, read it, go, move on to right. the next one. Yeah. And it didn't stick with me. And actually, that's that's the thing that I'm curious to do now. Um, I'm going to put Crystal Shard on my li- reading list again. Mm, that's a good and idea. And see, like, okay, I just finished Dragonlance. Does Crystal Shard, why did Crystal Shard and some of the Dritz books hook me and Dragonlance didn't at that point in time, mm-hmm. right? Like, and see if, see if the, that would be the same now, right? Cause it's been a while since I've read those books as well. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I would say, yes, it feels like it was written for a younger audience. Um, it, but not, not necessarily in a bad way, right? Like it's not, it doesn't feel Oh goodness. What's the right way here? Like the protagonists aren't young kids, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. it, it may be written for a younger audience in its language and in its pacing. And it's, it's just kind of overall like tone, but not in its characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's maybe it's, it, it, I think that maybe I'd bump up your age group a little, just slightly and say maybe it's like 15 to 30 okay. or something like that. Because I think that there's there's not a like my my I have a ten year old son. There's nobody in this that feels like him, right? Well, and that's I'm glad that you say that because I'll use Gabriel. So we're talking about our our kids reading this, right? I I remember trying to get Gabriel to read this for years because I was convinced that he was going to like it. That the, as soon as before I did, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I I wish I'd known about Dragonlance sooner. But if I'd read it whenever I was was in like third or fourth grade, would I would I even like it, or would I give a would I even care about it at all? Yeah. I think it had to hit me at a particular time, which was around it was eighth or ninth grade, so that's thirteen, fourteen, somewhere like that. And I tried introducing it to him when he was nine or ten, and it just it just wasn't ready. He wasn't yeah. ready for it, and so I had to wait until later for him to really. He has to be able to sit down and read a book that's three hundred pages long or more. Up until that mm-hmm. point, it was all like Judy Moody. <laughs> and magic school bus and things like yeah, that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd say to kind of answer the second part of your question, like be, it has a classic fantasy feel. And by classic fantasy, I mean, it feels like fantasy before fantasy was full of itself. And mm. I, to some extent, fantasy's always been full of itself because you have like Tolkien and whatnot. I would say like that's definitely someone who's full of himself. Maybe, maybe not, maybe in a way that I like, right? right. <laughs> but, but it, he takes himself very seriously, his world right. very seriously. And Dragonlance feels like a type of an era where you're not trying to write the next bestseller. Maybe you are, but it just feels like you're just telling a fun story. And I, there's a special place in my heart for that mm. sort of fantasy that isn't trying to be cool, mm. be intense, be thought provoking. And it's just like, let's just have fun telling a fun story that you can imagine like sitting down at your gaming table and playing through. Yeah, you know, the pre-dark, pre-extreme. Like I feel like late, mid to late '90s, everything had to be extreme, and then after that, everything had to be like a Christopher Nolan DC yeah. universe kind yeah. of thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Like a like a heavy percussion ambient soundtrack. Yeah. To, yeah. To go along with it. Instead of a more the like era that they came and, out of and flutes, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. It was like instead of yeah, you're getting you're getting you want like they want like today it's like everything has to be Hans Zimmer. Everything yeah, has to be yes, yes, as yes. opposed to as opposed to hey here's some james horner for you some yeah. willow theme or something like that yeah. right where it's like really big big swells and john williams music oh well, like lots of brass instruments and stuff like that yeah i get yeah. that uh, so, so so as far as that goes like i'm really having a good time with the plot and with the story um, good because i feel like it's, it's it's classic fantasy and it's like what's not to love right like and i like that i think one of the things that does best is the rumblings of war and like the stirrings of armies mm. and things like that. Yeah. Like, I think that is really, it does it really good. Um, it feels, and this is what, this is like the one thing that I remembered from, from previous reading, right. right. Was like this, like war is coming feels more like war is coming than even like Tolkien. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know exactly what it is, except that it feels like it's just over the next hill. Sometimes it is just over the next hill with the armies. Right. But it's like, right. And maybe it's the characters, like the characters are always reconciling the coming of war. Um, I really like that. Um, I think that's awesome. I'll tell you, John, if I to, to get a little bit into negative, the negative to me, I'm going to say this with all love. I 
don't know. Maybe I can give one, maybe two. I think that definitively the companions are dumb. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I say that having preambled all this, that I'm having a good time. No, no, it's fine. Right. Well, I mean, um, I'll, I think I could probably see a case for, at least in the very beginning, some of their behavior or the things that they do. Maybe I don't but, like, like you talk, talk to me about it. I don't like that. They are called the companions and that they have a history with each other and all of that. But yet every single one of them is written like they hate each other's guts. Hmm. There is no sense of if this was like the first D and D party, right? And you all meet in a tavern, which is exactly how this story starts, yep. right? You all meet in the tavern for the first time, and you're level one, and you're getting to know each other, and you've been all brought together by a patron who's got a quest or whatever. This would all flow really well, sure. And I would, I would be on board with these characters, but these characters are presumed as like these are bosom mates, these are best friends, they have relationships with each other that go back decades in some cases, right? And yet, like, if you look at the adjectives and the descriptors around their interactions, like, there's hardly a sentence in the that this first book that isn't, like, Tannis growled, um, uh, Rastlin sneered, Cameron yelled, or, you know, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Flint said angrily. Like, they yeah. are always grumpy, angry, pissed agitated irritated tired of each other's shit like from day one they get back it's together true. and they it, i'm like these guys don't care about each other and like like, in, like in a my few head. of them you can sense like tannis likes flint and there's yes. some sort of a relationship there right but right, well, i yeah, don't like, like, like i don't i'm like trying flint. to go yeah. yeah i'm trying to go through that in my head i'm trying to go through the different characters like tass likes everybody so he doesn't count and he doesn't he's not he doesn't really get grumpy unless you kind of like Corn. He's like a caged animal, but t- Flint is very much the 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 most stereotypical gruff. Oh, let me dour dwarf. I'm glad you said that, right? Because he- here's this is what I told Megan this last night. I said Flint is the dwarfiest dwarf that's ever dwarfed. Yeah, this is true. Sturm is, is the yes. paladinist paladin that's ever paladin. Yes. Um. Uh, oh, how I love uh, him. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Karen is the. I don't know if he's actually a barbarian because they've got other standing barbarians. Maybe he's supposed to be the stand-in fighter. He's the but, fighter, yeah. Yeah, but he's the, he's the fighterest fighter that's ever fightered. Yes. Um, you know, he he's, drinks all the time. He eats all the time. He shows off his muscles all the time. He, he you know, like, he just, he is that. It's And, and Rasslin, he's the magiest mage that's ever made. He's like a sorcerer in the sense of Saruman if Saruman was 25, right? Yes. Like, uh, he's sneery. He's 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 snide. He's he's rude. He's impatient. He's everyone is beneath him, right? And and there is like you have some side characters. Like I'm gonna get some of these names wrong because I don't have the book in front of me. But like Goldmoon, that's a, her name, right? Yeah, Goldmoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Goldmoon and Tass are like not that, but they also aren't. They not maybe aren't angry all the time, so in that sense, there there's a nice reprieve there when they get brought in, but they're then used as a source of irritation for the others. Mm. Goldman like, is, I think so because her companion, uh, Riverwind, is, yeah, Riverwind, yeah. he he's always pissed at her decisions. Yes, right. So yeah. so all that they feel like Tass and and Goldmoon are just people that are there so that Tracy and Margaret have additional opportunities for their other characters to get pissy. <laughs> it's so, it's so interesting to hear the, your take on it. I don't know if it's maybe that I've read it. So, cause I've read it recently. I've, I've read it probably within the, the, this trilogy the, uh, in the last six months, probably. And the way that I, I read it though, is that they've, they've been separated for five years. They really don't, they know one another and they love each other, but don't know each other anymore. And Flint has gotten older and uh, achier and he's been treated like yes. crap, like by people on the roads and, and then sure. people are, things are getting dark and oppressive anyway. Like and things are weird and solace and Tass will never change because he's a yeah. captain. Right. Yeah. And then Sturm has been, has seen some things, man, and some stuff. 
and like gold moon and riverwind have their own kind of drama that they they bring into it too but i think that's kind of like the crux of the definitely the very beginning of the book this book in particular is all about angst and no one trusting one another it leaks into the group so that there's some frictional dynamics yeah and i just like you're exactly right that's exactly what it feels like it's like i'm like i don't know that i could fall Maybe I could have, but I, I guess I didn't. I don't remember. But like, I'm like, who would fall in love with this pouty, sul- sulky paladin? There's Me. nothing to love about love Sturm. Him. Yeah, there is. He's wonderful. No, no. You just, that's I, the thing is you're so early in it. You haven't gotten to the stuff. Well, but that's the, the thing, stuff, right? That's, yeah. that's where I'm that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we preface I love this that. with, I'll I preface I, this, right? But yeah. like, but like I say, but that's not how it has to be because we have other many other examples in fantasy or just in storytelling in general where yes you can make characters that have flaws but i shouldn't be encouraged to hate or think that this character is oh i don't know about annoying. that i knew that's where you're going with this and i'm going to immediately go to uh george r r martin's stuff where he does a really great job of writing characters that i hate he and does then, and then that bastard makes me like them like jamie lannister I oh, should have never sure. liked him. Anybody... But, but there's but for every character that Martin writes that you hate, he's got a, one that you love, right? For yeah, every yeah. for yeah. every Lannister and I forget names, but you have a Sean Bean, right? Right. Oh, uh, yeah, Eddard, Eddard yeah, Stark. Stark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like like you have those like people that you could be like, I like this person a lot. No, but the thing is, like the George R. R. Martin is, and we're not. I don't, we can't start talking about Ice and Fire now. But like one of his things with with Ed in particular, or Ned. Ned Stark in particular is that he almost makes fun of Ned. He's like, Hey, you know, this whole nobility thing and being honorable and doing the yeah. Dudley do right. Yeah. You know what that does? It gets you killed. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 and there are moments, right. And, and you could even, we'll, we'll bounce back to Tolkien for a hot minute here and say like, who's the closest thing to Sturm that you have in Tolkien, right? Probably Boromir, Boromir or yeah. Faramir. Yeah. And Boromir, you show at the beginning and he has those hot headed moments and he has the, better than thou, holier than thou moments, right? Mm-hmm. He definitely has that. But he also has moments early on where he is can do, I'm going to pitch in and help. Um, I'm going to have a, a moment of camaraderie with Aragorn or whoever, right? Like he has these moments of levity right alongside the moments where, um, or camaraderie is the better way to put that, mm-hmm. right alongside the moments where he's annoying or headed right and i just think that like to me i read this i'm like i i'm quite a ways in i'm 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 pushing towards the end i'm like i i don't know that i have been given like there's one instance where they meet the unicorn right yep and Sturm is the person that is chivalrous and noble and presents well even in that scenario right mm-hmm. so there's like a brief moment but I just feel like the scales are tipped heavily into these people are all assholes who hate each other. <laughs> and, um, but wait, you can feel at least in the community right now. Like I hear you talk about, I'm sure that there's a, but wait, you fall in love with them in future books in mm. later books. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't want to read more books about Sturm right now. Right? <laughs> oh, that makes me so sad because I think um, part of this, what's interesting is going to be, it's going to see the evolution of how you see the characters. You may see them exactly the same way at the very end, but I do in my head, I feel like there's a lot of that. The characters evolve over the course of the three books. Char- yeah. uh, uh, Sturm in particular, I feel like, well, that's not true. I think Sturm is what he is. I think that he, he burdens himself so much with you know the the weight of his history his family the way that people perceive him yeah you know i think that everyone has an, a, a reason to be angsty mm-hmm. and so we're kind of like talking about that target audience like that target audience is full as full of a lot of angst right so like let 15 me ask you this 30 but really the audience for this is D D, right you yeah, sure. players readers yeah. whatever and that's the other thing that we could talk about is like there's a lot of D in this book Right. So oh, yes. D&D. Oh, yes. Um, and, and that's cool. Um, I had fun with it at the uh, very least. Um, um, 
this party wouldn't get through session one without disbanding if this was a D&D group. <laughs> and D&D groups are asses to each other, right? Like, we make characters that are, you know, edgelords and whatever. And, like, if this was the way that a group that I was running for approached the early sessions i'd be like guys let's just quit this like like obviously like i think we need to scorched earth yeah like (laughs) this isn't gonna work like i you guys all want to it feels like you all just want to play like maybe the two of you want to play together and maybe this person but but like most of you just seem like you want to play by yourself is this really your characters or do you guys just hate each other at the table and you're and and it's it's translating into into play yeah i I think for me okay so let me i read up i read up let me let me just say this real quick because i i wanted to make sure there was a point where there was a two-page spread of text and it started with an ang like said angrily right and I'm like, I'm just going to see when the, when these two authors can stop using that, like how, how far they go. It's like Tana said angrily. Uh, then the next one, Rasslin says something like Rasslin sneered. And then, um, then it's like, <laughs> sneers a Cam- lot. Yeah. Then, then Cameron pops it and he's, he says uh, uh, with irritation. And then the next one is like, it's like you got through the whole two pages and no one said anything that wasn't like a barbed hook in meant to impale another character. Hmm. I'm like, this is just, you're traveling on the road. Like, it's not like the worst day of your life. Right. It's just like, Oh, all of you have decided that you're going to be an asshole today. That's cool. Right. Like, it, I love that. This is like what you've taken away from, from your, your experience. I, honestly, in Dragonland I, so far. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, again, I'm having a good time reading it. I'm glad I read it. I like the story and all that. I definitely, definitely, definitely am like, I don't know why John, this is John's thing. Okay. Because I see you as a very positive outlook, you know, person who seeks to compliment people, not just in words, but in Mm -hmm. actions and whatever, like someone who's very supportive. And I'm like, this book is probably the least of that I have this ever the, read. Of this is my book. outlet for all of the rage. Yeah, and exactly. That I have yeah, It's like, yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm living vicariously through these angry people. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So I think, well, let me, let me, let me color it with this then. And I think that's, that's totally fair. I think that part of it is like, is understanding more and more about what makes the characters tick that. And when upon second reading, Whenever, if they do that, I don't even think about those things because I know mm. where those things, a lot of those things are coming from. Mm-hmm. Like knowing what makes Caramon tick. Caramon is like the big, lovable teddy bear warrior that will break your neck uh, and then leave you in the dirt if necessary for his friends, right? Yeah. Tannis has seen some things and he's old and he's, even whenever he and, whenever he and Flint meet at, on the road, even Flint looks at him as like, you're different and you're mm-hmm. not supposed to be different because elves are so long lived that they're like, they just stay the same for decades or hundreds of years. But the last five years have been really hard on you. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for even Tannis says the same thing about Flint. So what's happened, I think, is like whenever they come back together, they're not who they were when they left. And mm-hmm. I feel like and maybe this is me reading into it too much. Maybe it is. Maybe like Tracy and Margaret weren't thinking this deep. Maybe not, but I think that it still makes sense though, right? Maybe it's like fan theory, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that what happens is they don't love each other in the very beginning, but they definitely fall in love with one another over time. And I wish that I could get behind that, but I then, I and and Megan, I was talking to Megan, she read these books several years ago too, Mm -hmm. and she said the same thing, which is like, these people swore an oath together as as again like close-knit companions that they were going to come back and like catch up in five years right Mm -hmm. like that's not something that you do with the buddy that you were on the road with for five minutes right like there's an implication with this that they have there's a deep history behind these people where they have seen stuff together they've gone through stuff together um they've they've lived life together and this five years is kind of the point in which they separated. But there's a point in which, like, there was, there was time before that where they mm-hmm. were very close. And I guess, like, um, 
that's that's the part for me is like I would buy these characters and like they're gonna come they're gonna get closer to each other and they're gonna like work through their differences and whatnot. If this was the first time they met, but you're you're pitching a world where like, you know, this was your best friend and this other person was your best friend number two. And this mm-hmm. other person was your best friend number three. Um, and then you get back and you all hate each other and none of that carried over. Right. Well, I don't know, because part of this is like, again, that five years of being completely disconnected from one another, you know, and whenever you see one another, things are different. And I think part of part of the very beginning of the book in particular is that you can never go home. When they went home, everything was had changed. Everything about Solace was different. Now, all things about themselves are different. Even the people that they knew and that they were close to, they said that multiple times at the very beginning is like, People that would have, you know, I think Flint was the, was the, uh, was Solace's resident blacksmith and he was like yeah. a master smith and he, like, people loved him and, yeah. But five years was hard on everybody. What happened over the course of the five years? And so I think those are the questions that I kept asking myself. And, and for me, I understood, I didn't understand necessarily like the one character in all of it, all of it. And I never understood why he was such a horse's ass. And that was always Raceland always everybody loves Raceland. I know that it's Margaret's favorite character. He's Margaret's favorite character. I just can't stand mm. Raceland because he's even when you understand because they go into kind of like in other books into why he acts the way that he does or why he treats Caramon the way that he does and all mm-hmm. this stuff. None of it is a good enough excuse for him to act like a complete <laughs> horse's ass. None he, of it is. I, and I, I think that's funny that you said that. Like, I think that he's annoying, but I also like, they, they, I think he's a character that they did a good job, like giving context for him in a hurry, mm-hmm. so that there's some understanding. Like, I have just enough understanding of Dragonlance to know that he's wearing red robes, robes, and that means he's not an evil mage, right? right? Yeah. Um, but someone who doesn't know that, which you would not know if this was the first book that you picked up and you don't know anything about Dragonlance, you would assume mm-hmm. this dude is evil. Sure. He can't touch the staff. That's good. Yep. He's wearing red. He's got the hourglass eyes, right? Yep. He's pale. He's everything that, you know, he, there's nothing endearing about him, right? But I think what is communicated well about Raslin is he has just gone through something incredibly taxing. Mm-hmm. And he is not healthy, and he may never be healthy again. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so when he snipes at people and you know is impatient i'm like this is a dude like this there's i know people i have uncles or cousins or whatnot that have gone through like a extreme health crisis right like cancer or whatever and a lot of times what happens with them is that they lose the piece of themselves and this isn't a bad thing necessarily but they lose that piece of themselves that is heavy on tact and -hmm. like trying to say exactly the right thing and instead they just are like I don't got time for that. We're just going to say what I really feel in the moment. Oh man. Zach, don't start making me like him. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me understand him. I've spent decades. Oh really? Such animosity. Really? Toward... Not, no, and... you, it makes what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Cause I think back to, in my own experiences with loved ones that I, I've had that I've lost that have been, especially in like the, like the end stages of life when they're just so racked with pain Mm-hmm. And they str- everything is a struggle that yeah. even the, their caretakers are the ones they take things out on the first. Yeah. So Caramon is that one person that's like yeah. the person that's trying to get my grandmother out of her re- bed, bed that she's been bedridden in for the last right. several weeks. And she's got yep. shingles or whatever it is and she's miserable and snapping at my mom or things like that, right? That I've seen And happen. we see that with, with Raslin like right, a, right away because like he gets exhausted and uh, Cameron – comes and picks him up and carries him for a while. I'm like, there's no grown man in a fantasy setting at least that would allow that to happen the first time. The first time that that happens wouldn't allow that to happen. Like they would put up a fight. This is obviously something to where uh, Cameron carrying Rasslin is something that has happened numerous times before, before we get to them. Right. Like, and there is that caretaker mentality and like, like, I can forgive him because I feel like, bad he went through some stuff, right? And I, I look at Sturm, and I'm like, you went off to go find your dad, right? Like, that's Sturm's thing because he's Knight of the Rose or whatever, and he's going to go hunt his dad, find him. And he can't, he doesn't find him, but he finds his armor and his sword, right? Right. I'm like, 
of all the people. And I know that he also saw that the Night of the Rose isn't well liked or whatever, but like all the people that came back after this five year hiatus, I feel like you had a pretty easy time of it. You just kind of lost your, you didn't get the thing that you wanted, but you didn't like come back obliterated. Awesome. You should keep reading. You you got your your armor and you got your sword. Yeah. Like, calm down. Like, you're the guy who like sits and mopes for (laughs) ever. Keep reading. All I'm going to say is keep reading because there's, I feel better now because I think it really does boil down to there's more. And what Margaret and Tracy did was they didn't unpack everything all at once and explain and spoon feed you everything that every reason why they're so angry gosh dang it i i would love i'm willing to go there right and i will i will read more right um because i know that you love it but i i maintain (laughs) that like gosh dang it i don't need it this is not this isn't a style of writing that is what's the right way of saying this That is not a good enough excuse. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and I say that like, like if, even if it works, right. And you say, oh, book three, Sturm is awesome. And you love him and you understand so much about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that may be, I needed somebody to love in book one. Mm. Right. And I didn't get that. Right. And that, that's what I am coming to the end of this book. I'm like, like that's the thing is like <sighs> I needed I, I felt like I needed some I I need somebody to love uh, uh to, to quote to, to quote a to quote a queenism yeah exactly yeah um and I just felt like if you if you're gonna take the whole first book to like set up the war and set up the plot and you're like but wait we'll get to the characters in book two and mm. we'll make give you good reasons to really like find them endearing and we're you're gonna love some of them i think that you you waited too long um um and i am willing to go that distance right i'm willing to go into book two i'm willing to find that gold those gold nuggets where they are scattered through elsewhere but i think that it would be hard you'd be hard pressed to put dragon lance book one dragons of autumn twilight by itself on the shelf today and get people that are like man this is awesome Mm-hmm. I think it needs somebody like you at this point, or maybe there's books um, elsewhere in the series that would do this, but it needs someone like you or like a different book that can kind of be that liaison, that, 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 that individual or that, that story that can come in and communicate the great things about Dragonlance and the companions in the first few chapters. Um, you know, we talked about this when we talked about your Dragonlance campaign, right? What do we say? We said, play the hits. Yeah. Play the things that are going to make you fall in love. Like, if I get to the end of your campaign and I don't know what a Dragonlance is, I haven't <laughs> experienced a dragon, right? And I, I, there's no war, right? And all that. Like, right. if those are the, th- if I don't get any of that, the knighthoods, right? If I don't see any of that, then you really haven't given me Dragonlance. You've given me, you know, or you're not giving me the things that you love about Dragonlance, right? Mm-hmm. As a as a new person, and I'm like, I don't care about the knighthood here. The war is interesting; they've got that going for them. But like the knighthood, probably you'll get finished out other places. And I'm patient; I'm willing to be more patient there. But I'm like, the thing that people say they love about Dragonlance is the characters, and I want to believe that. I think there's probably a better entry point for communicating how cool these characters are than book one. But see, I don't, I don't know that it's about how cool the characters are. I think that you fall in love with them over time. I think the story is the thing that's really mm. interesting, or at least for me, that was really interesting about it. Mm. I Let's see. I'm trying to think. I, it's been so long since I first read them, obviously. I can't remember when I really, when I loved Sturm as much as I did. I don't think, I don't know that I did the first time that I read, that I read through it. I think I was probably more interested in Tass because he was funny and Flint because the two of them had a really funny dynamic where Flint was calling Tass a doorknob all the time. And that was funny. And then there was magic and there was like, it, it was something that I hadn't really experienced yeah. before in, yeah. in reading things or uh, that's not true. I think that I'd maybe seen some of this in movies up to this point, like Willow, Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. things like that. Some of the sword and sorcery movies that were out at the time, but I never really read about anything like that. And sure. I, I, th- yeah. I read this before I read Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit or anything like that. So mm-hmm. this was like a, a, a defining book. And so that's why I'll find a lot of this fascinating because I don't recall ever thinking that about them. I always, I took who they were at face value, whatever I read when I read through it. And I think the way that I probably understood it was this is just the way that they are, but they still, they still are with each other. And they, yes, they bicker like an old married couple or they like a Flint is always achy and grumpy. And well, that's, <laughs> that's Flint and that's funny, but he, and he called, but he, he also calls, you know, task names and they pick at each other. And, but they also, you also notice that whenever they're irritated with each other, they have these moments of levity between them where there's like a wink and a smile to let them know. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking a big game and a bust, but I'm busting your chops. I think that happens mm. a bit too. And I think that I that would was... like to see more of that. I mean, I'm excited to see more of that in, in the next book. Like I but don't, I think I, I, think I would have liked, uh, and maybe I, uh, the second read, I'd get more of that. Um, I, I would have liked to have some more winks and nods. Right? Yeah. More like punching each other's shoulders, sort of a scenario, right? Like I think that. Well, there's not a ton of it. I'll even, I'll even say that much. I think, but I, um, they're like these grins. Like whenever, like I remember, I remember specifically where, when Tass or whenever Flint is being grumpy, that Caramon would say something to intimidate, intentionally troll him, and then he mm. would grin. It was like, oh, Flint's just being Flint, ha ha, and then like got him mm. again, kind of thing. That, that kind of thing happened a bit too, but. I don't know. It's like, it, it is really, really interesting to hear that take on it. Cause that's not the way that I don't think that's the way that I ever interpreted them. I think Raceland was the only one that really, I always know, felt, felt like he was just so cruel towards mm. Caramon and Caramon. I always thought of Caramon as just like this big dopey, lovable walking muscle, you know, mm-hmm. that, that could swing a sword really well. Uh, I think Tannis always uh, was, was never my favorite character because he, because he was always so morose, you know, mm-hmm. he's always so heavily burdened by being the leader and he was so mm-hmm. heavily burdened by being a half elf. And he was so he- like, yeah, I mean, like he had found his, his family, but he was always, Oh my God, he's just, he is just so unhappy all the time, but he was, but he was a good, good leader, you know, yeah. and whenever, when the he's rubber like, meets the, the road, he's, it's funny. He said that cause, cause he definitely gives me like, not, this regal, but he gives me Elrond vibes, which is Elrond's job is to make sure that you remember that this is a serious topic that <laughs> conversation that we're having. Right. I'm like, and I, I think Tannis is okay as a character. He's definitely morose, but he's, he's, or, or Thor and Thorin's another great example of that. Right. And the Hobbit where he's like, all the mm. other dwarves are goofing off and he's like, wait a minute, you know, we got, yeah. Like this is important. We got to settle into this, right? Yeah. Like, let's not forget that all, all of our kin died, and you're here having a good time, right? Um, um, I'll, can I tell you my 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 favorite part in the book? Oh, please, of course. That that would that would that help? Because I feel like well, I just. But let me ask you this before you get started. Yeah, yeah. Where are you specifically in the book right now? I I like two thirds of the way through. We'll put it that way. Do you have like a particular scene or area that you're I in or anything like begin that? To, it's yeah. been a couple okay. days since I set it down. So gotcha. let me, let me just say that they're traveling like the whole book. They're traveling. So. Do not. I know that someone that loves Lord of the Rings as much as you do, you cannot complain about their travel. No, that's good. No, I'm not complaining about that at all. I'm just saying like, like they're on the road. <laughs> so like um, they're past the draconians in the, um, in the, um, with the wicker dragon. Okay, okay. So they're, so they're but they're still heading towards, like the place where Goldmoon and Riverwind have them kind of pointed towards. No, they've been through that place. So they've been through that already. Yeah. The, the Wicker Draconian was on the way there, so they're on the way back then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right around in there. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So, which the Wicker Dragon was hilarious, and I like it a lot. I think it could have been presented a little bit better because it, it makes the draconians feel super dumb. Right. I know. <laughs> I agree. I didn't get that. Like, um, really? Like a wicker dragon. I, they I didn't were know like, that these were kobolds that you so were. what, what happens during the day? Like I could, maybe I could yeah. see this at like a nighttime yeah. gag that they're like, like, they're not even get t- past. Tannis just, or, or, or Tass just like walks over and climbs in and Tannis, like Tannis and Tass like immediately know. We're not Tannis, I guess, but uh, uh, Flint and Tass immediately know that this is a wicker dragon. 
and how to get into it and all that. And I'm like, how dumb are these draconians? Like they yeah. are the dumbest people ever. I'll tell you, if I had read this before I had written for the, the adventure, you would have made them way dumber. I would have made them way dumber. Cause there is nothing there. There's no such thing as an intelligent draconian. That's what the, the, the K-Pack comes out oh of the building and goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, like they, they drool. I think, I think, I think what you can do with a dra- draconian, they can swing a sword. Yes. They can drool. Okay, um, yeah. And they can scree, right? Yeah. Yes. And that's about it. Right? Like, that's <laughs> they, they all sound like Skeletor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I'll tell you the part that I like, because I really okay. felt like this was an inkling, especially after talking with you today. It feels like an inkling about what what the idea of the companions is aspiring to. Okay. And I felt like it was a genuine moment for a character but did everything that I wanted it to do by the end of it, which is when they're going to the river, they got the boat and Tannis is like, I will deal with Flint. I'll get him on the boat. Right. And then he can't get him on the boat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like that. And and you're like, he's like, he's not going to come like that's the reality. He swore an oath and that's the reality of it. He's, he's, he, he's done with boats. He's done with water. And Yes, we are his best buds, but we're his best buds now on a boat, and that is too much, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so dwarfish. And, and and I'm like, that's great, right? And then and then the greatness is that they shove off, they get and then and then you have, you know, Flint doing his Samwise Gamgee moment where he's like, Oh, I changed my mind. Here I come. Yeah. yeah. Just like jump into the water and I'm gonna drown because there's no half measures here. Yeah. Um and I love that scene. Because I felt like it showed Tannis as a leader, but as as someone who has a relationship with people, and you can kind of put yourself in that scenario, whether that's with a family member or a friend or whatnot, where you're like, I really want, like, I think if I could just get them in a quiet place with just me and them, I could get them on board, right? Mm-hmm. And then that doesn't always work. <laughs> and uh, and I love that it showed Flint's character and it, and it showed Tannis's character and then to have him like come back out there and they haul him onto the boat and then he's like like basically like curled up in the fetal position the whole time, right? Yeah, just absolutely mortified, terrified, yeah. PTSD kicking yes, in hard. Exactly, and I'm like, and it's all and it's all Caramon's fault. <laughs> it's all Caramon's fault. Like, see, you ask a... why he's grumpy towards Caramon. It's the boat. He, it's always yeah. goes back to the boat. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah, absolutely. But that that that's I think that's the the gem of this book. If I was gonna like point to like one scene that I was like, this is the best. This is more of this, please, right? Because I really thought that that scene, everything was working. Um, and it sounds like there's more of that sort of thing later on, where you show that they are different people with different histories and different yeah life I think that. But it, I they, don't know they, how much levity there's going to end up being. Honestly, there are like there's just a lot of heavy stuff that happens to them along the way. Where it's like things don't get. I do remember one. There's one stint in the second book. Maybe maybe it's the beginning of the fir- the third, where things are kind of like good for them for a little while, and it's kind of like this like rest yeah. that they have before the the everything gets heavier than it's ever been. Bit you know, it's kind of like that pre third mm-hmm. act good stuff. Before the third act, the the beginning of the third act hits heavy, yeah. And you can like you have to kind of like wrap everything up and pull everything back together. So yeah, it, I think I think the thing for me is that I do. I mean, Middle Earth is my favorite fantasy place, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm going to compare anything I read to that. Right? Sure. And well, that makes I, sense if you like because they they really like they got along really really well. Oh, that's the thing, right? Is like the fellowship is exactly like the start in the tavern, right? Like yeah. it's. It's people that, you know, like Aragorn knows some of these people and, you know, Gandalf, of course, knows everyone. But like Sam has never met Legolas before they're Mm -hmm. thrown together. Gimli has not met Frodo. Right. Like like these are people who don't have they're not they're not best buds and they're all welded together for a common purpose. And but but even in like those in the first book, in those first few days of a fellowship, you have moments of support and i think the biggest one that kind of shows that right out the gate is they're on the mountain of Ass, right and it's snowing like crazy right. and immediately everybody's 
teamwork make the dream work sort of scenario, right? Where Legolas is out scouting ahead. Aragorn and Boromir are using their bodies as snow plows to like clear the way for people. Like they're like, how can we figure this out together? And even though they have differences of opinion, you know, about what route do we take? Do we go through the mines? Like they are working as a crew, as a unit from pretty much day one. Mm-hmm. Um, differences of opinion still there, but at the end of the day, they've got a job to do and by golly, they're going to get it done. Yeah. And I think I probably just walked in with too many expectations, like the idea of, oh, these are the companions. These are important. That makes sense. Um, I think that like your perception of it, just by you referring to them as the companions, even though they're referred to as the infellows, the heroes of the Lance and all this other stuff, they were all referred to those things post facto. Mm -hmm. You know, like they weren't, they weren't the thing that they were quote unquote meant to be or destined to be. They weren't that thing yet. And so they didn't. They didn't know. They didn't have a purpose. They were like, "Are the gods back or are they not back?" Well, let's go figure it out. You're going. You're leaving anyway. So when you leave, let's all promise that we're going to come back in five years, and we're, all we're really going to do is just we're going to like, we'll meet up, we'll see how everybody's doing, and we'll see if there's any proof of the old gods. Nope. Well, well that's a bummer. And so then, whenever it ha- whenever it happened like that, then they're thrust in this incredibly stressful situation that was never anticipated, and it ne- and it didn't stop. Right. There was there were like the four the 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 thing with the forest master in the forest of Darkenwood, the unicorn was like the one kind of like respite that they got. And even the forest master mentions like you should really rest up because from here on out, it's going to suck. You know? Yeah, I think like to me, it was like uh, I was trying to get a sense for like how it how intense is this? But like they seem to think that like the goblins and the hobgoblins are like no big whoop in the in the first few chapters. Right. Like. This is a Tuesday, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you are super pissed off about this for this being a Tuesday, right? Like, yeah. Like if th- if it gets if you are if you're pissed off and exhausted and angry at the world because you had to like take a two literally I think that first fight which I thought was fun is not complaining about the fight but that first fight with the goblins takes all of two seconds, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, there's nothing to be pissed off about. Yeah, Flint, with, with Flint that. is angrier about the smell than he is about yeah. having having to have actually fought and almost like almost yeah. gotten shivved by goblins. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyhow, um, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess, I would give like, like the story is endearing to me, so I would give that like a high grade, like you know, like and high by I mean, like it's not like it's not like the best plot I've ever read, but I don't think it's meant to be. And that's part of the reason I like it. Right. So mm-hmm. this is where I give things like a B, but it's like a B that I love and I wouldn't change anything about the right. story. Right. Like right. it's doing exactly what it wants to do. Um, so like, like the, like, I don't think you're going to go wrong. I think I would just like, if it was me handing dragon Lance to somebody to my kid or to a friend or whatnot, I think my big warning would be, you're going to hate every person in this first book. So, um, uh, um, I loved like in one of your, in the interview that you did on the, the Dragonlance Nexus podcast, they talked about, um, a different book that I'm, I lost in my train of thought. Um, but a different book that's like a singular book instead of a trilogy they were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, is it the, the, the Hume book? Yeah, the, the Legend of Huma. Yeah, yeah, Huma. Yep. I I feel like maybe I might I might just duck over there and see what that is. Yeah. So I, a lot of people have said, um, like, if you just want to read one thing about Dragonlance, you're only gonna if you only are going to read one thing, because mm-hmm. you don't want to give somebody the trilogy because then they're missing out on the other two books immediately after. So something mm-hmm. other than those three to kind of get you primed. That's mm-hmm. the one that a lot of people recommend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that, that that might be something that I check out because I, I, I want to find like the way to recommend or to point people that, you know, haven't read Dragonlance before. What's the way that I can get them into this like cool setting where I don't have to say also you're going to hate. You're going to you are going to <laughs> such strong feelings about- look sideways at John every time uh-huh. you see him from now on because he you like there's a dark there's a different side to John where he loves a book where people just hate each other for yeah. 
390 pages. That's really who I am. As yeah. Underneath underneath all of this, like trying to be nice and kind and all that stuff, there's just a really angry person. It's like, it's like you know, when, <laughs> when when somebody says their favorite movie is Scarface and you instantly judge them and know something about <laughs> right? them. What's the matter with you? Who hurts what, you? Yeah, like what is, what is, tell me, like I think I understand a little bit more. Like it's like, okay, well, John's favorite fantasy story is this got it all right well yeah. i'll I you have I to read person. the rest of the book first though you gotta <laughs> read the rest the, but let's well, i think that's part that, two that's the that's the that's the um title of this don't yeah episode is like please read the entire book you gotta read you like like don't put gotta, it down after the first read pages. more of these books before mm. you you develop an opinion yeah yeah, yeah. that's great um, and I will. I, I you have my commitment right now that I will. Right, this will not good. be my only foray into into the War of the Lands. Um, we'll we'll find some we'll find some more access points, or we'll continue on our journey. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think there's I think there's nuggets there, and I believe I believe that John would not. If this was the only book, right? If this was Willow, uh-huh. if Dragonlance was Willow, right? And you're like, oh, dude, Dragonlance, that one book that they wrote like years ago, and it's amazing. Like if that's if that was the pitch, and I'm like, all right, this is one book I can I can I could watch the Willow movie, mm-hmm. and I sat down, and this was the Dragonlance experience. I would I would think less of you as a person. That's, put it that way, right? That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Luckily, there's more. So that's right. I don't that's have to, right. I want to, to rest my laurels on that one. That's right. Exactly right. Well, it, it is again. It's like it's really interesting though because the the new take and what other people have read before i think that's something that, that i hadn't really considered right i'm thinking of like age and like tastes and things like that but i'm not really thinking of like the preconceived notions that you come into whenever you're reading this book versus reading something like like a lord of the rings or the hobbit or things like that and too, listen so. you dragon lance <laughs> is not at the bottom of the pile i am struggling and by struggling i mean i have put it down and i will come back later to get through Elric of Manibide, right? Oh my, oh my! So that's a so, hot take right there for some people out there. Well, and I will get through it, and hopefully, like I always want the best. I always want a great yeah. experience, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, I didn't. I'd never go into a book wanting to hate it because that's just. I did the same thing with the Chronicles of Perdane. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember as a kid, I I watched this, the the Black Cauldron, and I just love it. Now, as an adult, I see how. I see its flaws and the, the warts as, a, as an adult now, but God, man, I just, I loved that so much as a kid. And then I'm like, as an adult, I'm like, well, the books are 10 times better than the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and, mm-hmm. and it was okay, but it wasn't great. And I, I, I kind of sit there and asking myself like, why'd they make a movie out of this? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, like the movie was not better. I, you know but, what? That's a fascinating thing. I think Dragonlance would be way better as a movie. Oh, okay. Right on. Like, cause I think, I think having to condense it down. Oh yeah. A little bit. That. Yes. And I think that you could fall in love with the characters a little bit faster. Well, and I, I think you've be, got I like, mean, you've got on screen, on screen charm and chemistry that yep. you can build off of that. You yep. just, it's hard to get in a book unless you're really, that's what you're trying to do. You know? Right. It's like the, the recent Dragonland or not Dragonlance movie, but the D and D movie. And I can't remember his name, but the paladin and that, right? Like he's yeah. basically Sturm. Not in every way, but no. like he is. No. no, sir. I'm sorry. I like that character. He is no Sturm, sir. <laughs> they are um, both super paladins. No, right? like that's that, all they no. are. They no. are. They are. They are a common like more than any other character in the Dragonlance book, and more than any character in the D and D movie. Like those characters are a meta commentary on paladin. <laughs> Just right. keep reading. That's Those all aren't real characters, and that's fine, right? Just like, keep reading. <laughs> keep reading. Just keep reading. It's like it's like it's the little it's the little uh, the little engine that could. Yeah, Just yeah, keep yeah. reading. Just yeah, keep, yeah, keep yeah. swimming. It's fine. You'll get um, there. I I I would. Yeah, yeah. I I love. I, I admit, man. Like, for, they're like I've said it before. There are things about Sturm. I think I even mentioned it in the in my interview with the Nexus that like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's some silliness that goes on with old Sturm here and there, but like, yeah, there's more to come though. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand why he's not everybody's favorite, but he should be everybody's favorite. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that's a nice thing about. I say nice, like I could have gone on and read the wiki on Sturm, right? And sure, like, of course. Well, this is his arc 
and this we're we're experiencing this piece of it, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that he's like that. I mean, that's definitely how it is with Star Wars, and and we talked about um, Game of Thrones, and like when more words are added to a character, they become yeah. typically more fleshed out and more. Well, how about this? That's actually yeah. a really good one. Think about not that I'm going to compare Han Solo to any any of the Dragonlance characters, but if if you read about Han Solo in a book first, like this guy's a dick, like nothing, and like and then the very end, he kind of comes in at the very end, yeehaw, and like really, that's like you're the good, you're like you're a great guy now just because you came in at the last possible second and helped mm-hmm. everybody else out. Well, mm-hmm. good for you. And that's about all you end up giving it. But, but Harrison Ford being Han Solo, just right. friggin' there's, there's drip with awesomeness. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think, I think that's right. I think we, it, it almost needs, needs something more. Um, I mean, I was just thinking about like, and we got to wrap this up at some point, but I was thinking about like playing through those initial Dragonlance modules. Mm-hmm. I remember. So my first actual, like aside from reading that book and then forgetting it, um, like eight years ago, ten, no, it had been 10 years ago, a decade ago. I got to, I sat down at a random table at a pack South and they, some guy had converted that first dragon. I don't know if it's the first one, but one of the Dragonlance modules into five E and you played the heroes of the Lance as pre-gens and you played through the story. And all I remember is like, there was like a well, like a dragon came up out of the well or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're not, have you, how far along in the, well, you need to read the rest of the book. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm saying that that's what I remember from that adventure. Right. I was like, I thought you were like, you hadn't even gotten to that part. You're like, hang on now. (laughs) No, no, no. What I'm saying is that was like, the moment that I remembered from the I, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and, and what, what I remember is like, we played through that and the guy like gave us a little like, Hey, this is who we are. And I think I played Tannis in that game. Right. Um, I remember looking through them. I may have played Tasselhoff. I know somebody in our crew played Tassel. Uh, and um, it was cool. And we had a great time. I remember playing that game and like being like, all, you know, this is interesting and the story's fun and the characters are awesome. And like, we had a great time at the table. I'm telling you that if that, that same table had played those characters, the way they are presented in the book, I would not have had a good time. Maybe no Maybe. way, no freaking way. So, and, and, and I, I would have had what a great time. Like, I can only think now. there's only one person in the entire group. That's really the butthead. Well, that's no, not true. That Raceland's is not a, true. Raceland acts like a butthead, but I will say this too. Riverwind, the only reason why they let Riverwind stick around is because Goldmoon was so nice. If it hadn't been for that, I would have freaking chucked so, so Riverwind too. Riverwind is a dick. Yes. Raslin's a dick. Yep. Um, uh, Sturm is a depressed Flint's dick. just grumpy. He's old um, and grumpy. Sturm depressed is Depressed dick. Um, uh, Tannis <laughs> is a morose dick. Um, <laughs> Taz- like- Tazelhoff is not. That's okay. Nice. All right. But well, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just Pika's saying, nice if, like, for if, as long as you see her. If if the guy playing wrestling, right, would have just been like, if it had been like, hey, why don't we go over here and do this? He's like, Ooh, right. Like that would have been. And, and that is probably been, I should you should you should clip that sound bite and send it directly <laughs> to Margaret Weiss and be like, this is what I think about wrestling, and see how quickly yeah, you don't yeah, you don't yeah. bring down the Dark yeah. Queen's ire. Uh, but if that's what it would have been, right? Oh, do this, and then, and then, then, then I would have been like, "Shut your mouth!" Like you're, you're the worst person in the world. And then, <laughs> but then that would be that's then, that's Raceland, though. I think I agree with your assessment of Raceland's attitude towards other people. And, uh, listen, it was a necessary you, evil. You, in the, you need in the to book. go through. You need to go through Dragonlance. That you need to I read have, it again, evidently. If you need to take a highlighter uh-huh. and just highlight every, every time it says angry, every <laughs> dicky descriptor that they put on the page because it's almost every single page oh, i don't know about that it is I, I wish i had it in front of me i would read for for the listening audience and for you uh-huh. a random page right. and there would be a you know um you know so and so said with a stick up his butt uh-huh. sweet Love i am so point. ready for you to finish reading this book <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what exactly what we were hoping for Sorry. um no. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So, Hey, 
buy some Dragonland stuff off the DMs. Jeez, oh um, freaking Pete, man! Ta- tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> this is um, exactly yeah, what I was anticipating. Keep, keep this, keep this train a rolling. Um, you know, keep the fires of of Dragonlance alive uh-huh. by um um going and getting you know Dragons of Divinity, Dragons of Revelation. You know, one of these great things I saw. Um, some fantastic layout right before we got on this call mm-hmm. for some slick, slicks looking angry characters. Um, <laughs> no, John, just, the servicing no. sells itself. No, no, no. Let me let, 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 off the book now. Uh, okay, off the book. Off the yeah. book. Uh huh. Listen, to the audience. John does a great job of communicating in that series what makes Dragonlance awesome, and I know that he's had people come to him. Uh, and say, you know, after playing it, like, where can I get more Dragonlance? Like, what should I dive in with? Like, what? And I know that his adventures are well reviewed. I ran them, had a great time running them, like all of that, right? Uh, as much as I have mixed feelings on book, <laughs> um, it is the scales are firmly tipped towards Dragonlance is cool because of uh, 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 the Dwarven DM's um, superior uh, writing. Then trust, the trust me, and read the rest of the book, and then we'll, we'll <laughs> we're gonna have to come back. We're gonna have to come back to it. I, I, at this point, I'm a I'm a Dragonlance fan who sees Dragonlance as Vault of the Undying. Oh man, don't say that. And <laughs> sacrilege. And um, uh, this this Margaret and Tracy. This, these couple oh, of gals, so Margaret cool. and Tracy, are oh, the fanfic writers who are are oh. doing their best, but really just 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 two steps behind the whole way. <clears throat> Tracy, sir, uh, he did not mean <laughs> to say two gals. <laughs> yes, no, that was for you. Um, no, I know it was for me. I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, so so I would say like I don't want to end this with like Dragonlance, right? Like Dragonlance is awesome. You should just access it through through john's uh uh storytelling um and my mouth is going so dry right now (laughs) (laughs) well i was gonna share this episode but now my my lips are are sticking to my teeth there my mouth is so dry right now uh yeah awesome well um is there anything else we should say before i think we've said enough (laughs) pretty sure said enough uh No, what I should do is I should read this book and then I should skip all the others and read their newest book. You might be able to do that, actually. You could. Because I kind of like I also I give a lot of grace to new writers. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, from what I understand, like at least Margaret, like she, she this is not her coming in as a seasoned writer novelist. This yeah, is her coming editor. in as an editor, right? Yeah. And so, like in that case, like I'm down with like finding gold nuggets here, and knowing that this person improves, 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 and you know, hey, you can read a book thirty books from now, from the first one, and it's stunning, right? Like that's cool, and I'm all about that. So um, I might, I'm fascinated to see what you know. We got to read. I got to read her first book. Let's go and read the latest one and see the evolution of the writer. That'd be cool. Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> now, John has no faith anymore. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're going to, I just I need am... to read the rest of the book. I'm going to, that's, that's, that is pretty much going to be my, my phrase for the <laughs> remainder of this, uh, whatever you want to call this now. <laughs> I'll, I'm getting through it. Calm, calm down. I'll okay. get there. Yeah. Yeah. We could have, we could have delayed this, but man, um, like I said, I mean, we talked for an hour and, and could have kept going too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Hey, at this point, um, let's call this a wrap. Um, this will be a surprise episode for Troy. So yeah, he he had no clue that we were going to record this sucker. So here you go. You're welcome. Troy podcast episode in the bank just for you. Um, and, uh, uh, take take a knee take 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 a load off take put your feet up get yourself some iced tea um (laughs) and and just relax you deserve it so all right john thanks for hanging out thanks for chatting sorry i uh i i had you know 
Everything was going so well. (laughs) So going so well. Is the part that you don't like the part where I was like, "You're better at communicating what's cool about Dragonlance than the creator of that was pretty uncomfortable." But no, no, it's like we're well. I think I I really do think that that it's going to be. No, I'm really like legitimately interested to see how the rest of the book goes for you. Honestly, or if if not even that, like if you if you read the next one, like you said, you're going to read the next one and the one there's three. There's three, right? So yeah, and they're pretty. They really are pretty quick to to yeah. read through. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just have to revisit, re- revisit. We'll see what there happens. You go. Perfect. Maybe I'll be less, I'll be less uncomfortable next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do. That'll do it. Thanks a lot. And uh, until I guess we're recording another episode tonight. So until tonight, we'll we'll see you next time. Yep. Uh, let's see for Troy. Uh, everybody play your games. You know, you know. And then for me, be kind everyone that reads Dragonlance and loves it uh, and stay safe. Arise, Lummy.